How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And in this short video, we just want to go over a couple uh, interesting questions that were raised uh, due to a post that I made recently. You may have seen it uh, all across uh, CCT platforms. I posted this one. Just a reminder. The heretical teaching that after the rapture, when Christ comes and takes, takes us up to be with him, that, that after the rapture, salvation will be by works slash commandment keeping, is a rather pervasive heresy that a lot of professed Christians believe. Salvation has never been by works, is not by works, and will never be by works. Salvation was, is, and always will be by grace through faith alone. Because uh, there are a lot of professed Christians who have this idea that uh, when Christ comes and takes us up, that somehow the method of salvation will revert back to the old covenant style of the Old Testament. And you'll have to, and that salvation is by works, commandment keeping, law keeping, that kind of thing. Um, no. Um, the Bible does not teach that. Uh, salvation has never been by works in the Old Testament. It, it is not by works in the New Testament. It will never be by works. Um, but this is something that is promoted by uh, many different uh, uh, individuals, de certain denominations and whatnot. And it's completely false. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's what my post is targeting. That heretical teaching, that false teaching. And uh, because of that post, uh, there are some uh, folks that uh, asked me a few questions in response to this. Some really good questions. I just want to go over these. Um, the One of the first questions that com comes up here is in response to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10. Romans 10, 9 to 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay? The question is, does the above passage, Romans 10, 9 to 10, make verbal confession a work that is a requirement for salvation? Example, like having to say the sinner's prayer out loud? No. Now, um, the confession of the mouth is not like ha the utterance of a, of a m magical mystic incantation. Uh, one, two, three, repeat after me. You got to say these words exactly. No, 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 no. Oh, what this is, it's confession of faith. It's a statement of faith. Like when you are asked, do you understand that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifest in the flesh who went to the cross for your sins? He shed his blood for your sins, was buried, rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Do you believe that? Yeah. Saved. It's that simple. Uh, it's like uh, when... Uh, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was asking Philip, oh, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And, uh, <clears throat> and Philip says, if thou believest with all thine heart that, that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and he says, yes, I believe that. Saved. And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of everlasting life. Thou art the Christ, and we are sure of it. <laughs> Saved. It, the, the point is, 
uh, the confession of the heart, not the mind. It's not just intellectualism. It's actual personal belief. I believe this. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came for my sins. I believe that. Lord, save me. Saved. It's the, That's what it's about. It's confession of personal faith. It's not works. What uh, the Bible talks about in response to works as you see in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, Galatians 2, 16, Titus 3, 5, and, and others, um, as you see all throughout Romans and Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, uh, that it's uh, about works, it's about religiosity, things that I have to actually do in response of religiosity, um, like water baptism, uh, fruit bearing, having to do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Salvation is not hinged on these things, but rather salvation is a free gift it's the free gift it's not a reward it's not something i have to do to earn maintain to keep or self-atone like the idea of having to atone for your own sins in a fiery purgatory i don't have to do anything it's it's there it's it's given to me he offers it out in the free hands here it is take it do you want it yes lord i want that take it it's yours now you just have to say that you want it it's not works so the other question that comes up is in response to a passage well known as Matthew chapter 7. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Okay? The question uh, that comes up is, the individual says, Some have used the phrase in the verse 21, uh, But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, to advocate the exact opposite that, salvation is by works okay this is where we have to understand the principle the clear interprets the unclear all right who are the apostles the apostles of jesus christ the disciples of jesus christ appointed by jesus as apostles to be the leaders of the early church taught by christ personally uh face to face and they are reiterating what jesus uh, sh uh showed them taught them and they're codifying it down in the scriptures by uh, by direct inspiration guidance of the spirit of god okay so paul peter all the rest of them john when they're saying saying that salvation is by faith, by grace, we are justified by faith for in salvation. Uh, it's by grace, unmerited favor of God, that it's not of works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law, uh, that you may know that you have eternal life and that we're saved by believing on the Son of God. We, we have life, um, that it's not by works. That's very clear. And that God cannot lie. There are no contradictions or corruptions in his word. God that preserves his word into all generations. His word is above his very name. He's not going to allow people to corrupt it like this. We will always have the uh, the word of God. We can always know what the Lord is saying. Uh, there are multiple ways of salvation. Uh, so when the Bible says it's not by works, that means it's not by works. I always have trouble understanding the mentality of individuals that they see these not by works, not of yourselves, the gift of God, 
not by works of righteousness, not by works, deeds of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. They say, yeah, well, over here. Are you saying that Peter's wrong, Paul's wrong, John's wrong? Okay, well, what about when Jesus sa says, repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom of heaven is at hand? He's talking, uh, and then he's talking to Nicodemus, you must be born again. How am I born again? Believe in the Son of God. All right, so where is where's the issue? So therefore, we understand when the Bible is clearly saying that salvation is by grace through faith, by belief alone. Any other passage that may seem to have a problem with this, uh, that may, may seem to be unclear or other individuals take it and they're confused by it like but he that doeth the will of my father is in heaven we then must understand that that's not implying a salvific uh point that that it, you have to do something then to earn it but rather we do have an answer to this <clears throat> what is doing the will of my father which is in heaven god commands all men everywhere to repent um he desires that all men to be saved. But let's go back to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, in verses 28 and 29. <clears throat> That's John 7. What John 6? John 6, 28 29. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Then John 6, 39 and 40, And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. So what is the Father's will? But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of my Father? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So there you go. So we see here, <clears throat> uh, but he that doeth the will, the will is the Son of God. The will is the belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. The will of God is the, the work of salvation by Jesus Christ. What he did for us uh, to merit our salvation by his righteousness. So some have used the phrase, we have to do it the will of my Father which is in heaven, to advocate for works. That salvation is not by grace only. But it is, and as scripture very clearly, very blatantly lays out. And so uh, it goes on to say, although it can be said the will of the Father is salvific belief in Christ, just like I showed, and this is the will of him that sent me. Yet, yes, but God obviously wills more than one thing than those uh, other mentions of God's will to relate to apostleship, uh, service, abstaining fornication, etc., and on and other things about obedience to commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, let's break this down. There's what is needed for salvation, and then what comes after salvation. Okay, what is needed for salvation? Belief. Repent and believe the gospel, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what you do to be saved. Okay, after salvation, we see the walk of discipleship. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ, well, there are things that we do, witnessing and charity and fellowship and praise and all this stuff, but these things we must also understand, it's not a have to. I don't have to do anything. Want to. 
if you love me. If you love me, keep my commandments. So if you to to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, as you see Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, out of you will flow the springs of living water. It, it just comes as a natural byproduct, the desires to do the things of righteousness because we want to please the Lord, because we love him. That the, the, these things that, that, that come afterwards are not salvific. That's the thing that you must understand. They are not salvationary. The, the, the doing and the not doing and uh, all this stuff, this doesn't affect your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. Because if you lose your salvation, then that, by definition, denotes salvation would then be by works. But it's not. You can't lose it, and it can't be taken away, it can't be recanted, and you can't, uh, you can't lose your salvation. So all these other things, if people somehow see these, well, if you're not doing this, if you're not producing fruit, if you're not showing this, if I can't see this in you, then you must not be saved. And if you sin, you're not saved. No, no, no. It, that the the big problem that comes in is when people conflate the walk of the saint, the walk of discipleship, uh, uh, as the same as those things which are salvationary. No, they're, they're completely separate. It's completely separate. Salvation is by grace, by faith, by belief alone, the Lord God, Jesus Christ, and what he did for your salvation. Afterwards, we see what, what we can do to serve him and my service does not affect my salvation i can't be plucked out of the hand of god he holds me in his hand and nothing can remove me unlike what some people think that it, that rather it's like this and what we're placed on his hand and and it's like this and you can be knocked out now oh, that's stupid wraps it up and he holds us he holds us in his grip in his hand and nothing can pluck you out. That means you can't pluck yourself out either. So in response to your question there, but those that are doing the will, you see, what is the will of salvation? Uh, will of God unto salvation. And then what is the will of God, we could say, unto discipleship? That's how you answer that one. All right, so we just got a couple more here. Uh, now, the other one that came up too is, okay, then what does he that endures to the end will be saved then mean as we see in matthew 24 13 as there's a, a lot of people that use this one matthew 24 13 they say see you got to endure you have to do these things unto the end when you die and then you earn salvation john piper promotes that the uh, Pastor John Piper believes that you, you only earn salvation at the end of your life. You can't know you're saved until the end, uh, and that salvation is something you earn. He flat out says that, and that's wrong. Well, let's look at this. So, what does this mean? Matthew twenty four thirteen. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, if I take that verse by itself, pull it out, it's by itself. It would seem to indicate, seem to mean, then, then, okay, salvation is something I have to earn. But if we take that verse, put it back in the Bible, back up and look at context, what is Jesus addressing? Because pulling any verse out of context, I can make any passage of scripture say anything. One of my main examples of this is in Matthew 23, he leads me beside the still waters. I can make moonshine. Still waters? Get it? But Okay, bad joke. But... Seriously, you can twist any scripture to say anything. 
But what does this mean then? He that endures to the end shall be saved. What is Jesus talking about? If we back up verse 4, Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. In response to what? Verse 3. Disciples, when shall these things, what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Jesus goes on, you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars, and pestilences, and plagues, and famines, and earthquakes, and all these things. You shall be hated of all men. He's talking about the end, the tribulation. Okay, so in verse 13, he that endures to the end shall be saved. In response to what? The persecutions and oppressions and things that come along, that hold on, that the tribulation is a short period of time. Is hold on, it's almost over, it's almost over, it's almost over, you'll be saved from the persecution. It's in the same context as see that the Bible talks about women shall be saved in childbearing. Okay. Does that mean that women can only earn salvation while they're giving birth? <laughs> no. That's not what that means. It means saved from the pangs, that the agonies, the, the troubles that come through giving of birth. Uh, that the, the walking with the Lord and in service of the Lord and, and honor and fellowship and love of the Lord, the Lord will bless you and will, will help you in that time. And it, he will spare you the troubles and things. And just as this, you'll be saved from the persecutions things. You'll be spared of these things. Just hold on. Just stay the course. Fight the good fight. Resist. Hold on. And you'll be spared these things because the time is short and it will come to an end. That's what he's getting at. That Matthew 24, 13 is not salvationary. We also know that it's not because the clear interprets the unclear. Because the Bible flat out says it's by grace and not works. In the Old Testament, how were people saved? Well, by belief in the Lord God of Israel. They believed on the Lord and they trusted in the Lord. Well, look at uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Gentile God Emperor, uh, quotation marks God, is he considered himself a God, uh, the Gentile pagan God Emperor of Babylon, who conquered Israel and took them away in, in, the, in slavery and all this, and Nebuchadnezzar, who had a lot of personal issues, on top of which he thought himself a God, and then the Lord afflicted his mind and caused him to like like a wild animal go out in the fields for years until he learned repentance and he looked up and lifted his eyes to heaven and he repented himself nebuchadnezzar got saved you know that right nebuchadnezzar got saved and wrote daniel chapter four go read it i nebuchadnezzar write these things he wrote scripture he, he repented and believed on the Lord. Now, did he have to take on all of the principles of Judaism and, and go and do all the stuff? And uh, No. Well, how was he saved? By belief on the Lord. The, what about the Gentile Ninevites uh, that Jonah went to speak to? Over 120,000 Gentile Ninevites. Jonah went and preached to them, told them that they're going to be destroyed because of their sins, all this stuff, and they should repent themselves, and they did. They covered themselves in sackcloth and ashes and satin ashes and repented and fasted and called upon the Lord in repentance, and the Lord spared them, and they got saved. Uh, saved by the preaching of Jonah. Did they have to become Jews and go and do all the stuff in Israel? No. See, what it is, is you see, 
that once a year the high priest would take uh, the, the blood of a lamb into the, the uh, holiest of holies and would anoint the blood on the mercy seat for the sins of all. Once a year would anoint this blood for the sins of all, the atonement of blood for the sins of all the people. All what people? All who believe. And they'd have to do this again and again and again and again. And this is where Jesus, as the Lamb of God, came as a one-time sacrifice for sins, anointed his blood, and we don't need further con continual atonements, but by a one-time atonement for the sins of all. So, by belief, by grace, through faith, by belief alone in the Lord. So, this is how it was in the Old Testament. This is how it is in the New Testament. We are in the New Testament. And the tribulation, it doesn't change. It's still under the New Testament era of the New Covenant. It's still under the New Covenant. The covenant by blood of Jesus Christ, covenant of Him. It doesn't revert back in any, any of that kind of thing. There's none of that. So the idea that the tribulation period changes the, the salvationary covenant is a bunch of nonsense. It's a heretical teaching. It's, it's a false teaching. All right. So that's that one. Now, the last one that came up here is in um, John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, verse 15, someone is asking for a clarification on this. Okay, then what, Then if that's the case, it's not by works, then why does Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? If you love me, keep my commandments. All right, well, it's right in the verse. If you love me. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Well, you say you love the you say you love the Lord, but in works dishonor him. So we see scripture gives some examples of this. To love the Lord your God. Okay, if you say you love me, follow me. What are the commandments of Jesus? What are the commandments of God? But the whole counsel of God, the whole scriptures, everything that it says. Okay, if you love the Lord, then as you see in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So you say you love the Lord, you'll follow him. You'll want to fellowship with him and tell others of him. Uh, to keep the commandments is not a have to, but a want to. This is what we must understand, that we are no longer under the law, but under grace, the Bible flat out says. So you're saying we don't that, that that we don't need to follow the law that you can just go tell lies and steal and and, and blaspheme? No, you won't want to. You won't want to. If you're truly born again and dwelt by the Spirit of the Living God, and you're a believer in the Lord God Jesus Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, you naturally, instinctually will want to do those things that are honorable unto Him, and naturally, instinctually, not want to do those things that are dishonorable. If you want to be a disciple, well, this is how. This is what Jesus is saying. Keep my commandments. If you want to be a disciple? Follow me. Here's what you do. Take a look at the Sermon on the Mount, for example. Uh, so we see that the commandments are not salvific, as we also see in Galatians that the law, uh, the law is a schoolmaster unto sin, as it shows you and reveals the sin nature. That the laws and the commandments help help redefine all this stuff. They reveal and expose sin. The law is not self, it does not save. The law was not made for the righteous man, but for the unrighteous, for the unholy and the profane. If there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But it's not. But it's not. So Jesus said, if you love me, it's in the words, if you love me, 
What happens if you naturally, purely, sincerely, zealously love the Lord Jesus Christ? What is going to happen? I don't want to lie. I don't, I, I just, it's, it's going to come naturally. I don't want unrighteousness, darkness, and lying, theft, blasphemy, and all evil, wickedness. I hate those things. I love what the Lord loves, and I hate what God hates. That's, that's as you see in Hebrews, that uh, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and the Lord, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You, you love as God loves and hate as God hates. It just comes naturally. If you love me, you will keep. You will. It, it will come naturally as a byproduct. Out of you will flow the springs of living water. And it's not a have to, it's a want to. So, again, as you see throughout the Word of God, salvation and then the walk of discipleship are different. To be saved, the things that are salvationary are the specific doctrines, the specific things that if you get any of them wrong, you're not saved. Like the deity of Jesus Christ, the work of the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the blood atonement, and grace and faith. You, you get any of these things wrong, deny these things, you're not saved. But we got to be careful about elevating secondary principles, secondary doctrines to the primary level. There's the primary doctrines and the secondary. It doesn't mean these ones are any less important. It's just that these ones are not salvationary. The primary are those that in and of themselves are salvationary. But things like works, charity, fellowship, fruit, baptism, all that stuff, commandment keeping, are not salvationary. we got to be careful about elevating them to the primary level. Understanding that we are under grace, not law. We follow by grace through faith, not works. That God doesn't need your works, your neighbor does. So I hope that answers these ones sufficiently. I hope this has been a help and a blessing and a comfort to you. If you have any questions, let me know. And as well, please make sure to check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We've got links to all our other platforms and goodies, free downloadable gospel track PDFs, and all kinds of other good stuff there. So with that, God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.